Welcome back, y'all. We are continuing on in 2 Kings chapter 10 with Jehu as king. And again, he was a good king as far as his fear of the Lord. He starts out really good. And let's see what happens as he continues his reign in verse 1. Ahab had 70 sons living in the city of Samaria. So Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Samaria, to the elders and officials of the city, and to the guardian of King Ahab's son. He said, The king's sons are with you, and you have at your disposal chariots, horses, a fortified city, and weapons. As soon as you receive this letter, select the best qualified of your master's sons to be your king, and prepare to fight for Ahab's dynasty. But they were paralyzed with fear and said, We've seen that two kings couldn't stand against this man. What can we do? So the palace and city administrators together with the elders and the guardians of the king's sons sent this message to Jehu. We are your servants and will do anything you tell us. We will not make anyone king. Do whatever you think is best. Jehu responded with a second letter. If you are on my side and are going to obey me, bring the heads of your master's sons to me at Jezreel by this time tomorrow. Now the seventy sons of the kings were being cared for by the leaders of Samaria, where they had been raised since childhood. When the letter arrived, the leaders killed all seventy of the king's sons. They placed their heads in baskets and presented them to Jehu at Jezreel. A messenger went to Jehu and said, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. So Jehu ordered, Pile them into two heaps at the entrance of the city gate and leave them there until morning. In the morning, he went out and spoke to the crowd that had gathered around them. You are not to blame, he told them. I am the one who conspired against my master and killed him. But who killed all these? You can be sure that the message of the Lord was spoken concerning Ahab's family and will not fail. The Lord declared through his servant Elijah that this would happen. Then Jehu killed all who were left of Ahab's relatives living in Jezreel and all his important officials, his personal friends, and his priests. So Ahab was left without a single survivor. So Jehu is going in and basically cleaning house. And God is preserving the southern kingdom because Jesus is going to be coming through that the Judah, Judah um kingdom. Jesus is going to be coming down through that line. So he is going to preserve that. But the paganism is seeping into the southern region from the north. So Ahab is coming in and cleaning house. And then after he did this, he kind of took things a little further and takes on his own agenda, not just God's. And he's like cleaning out the carpenter, the plumber, the the friends, the neighbors. He just kind of cleans everyone out. And Ahab was left with not a single survivor. In verse 12, Then Jehu set out for Samaria. Along the way, while he was at Bethaked of the shepherds, he met some relatives of King Ahaziah of Judah. Who are you? he asked them. And they replied, We are relatives of King Ahaziah, and we are going to visit the sons of King Ahab and the sons of queen of the queen mother. Take them alive, Jehu shouted to his men, and they captured all forty-two of them and killed them at the wall of Bethakid. None of them escaped. 
So this is where he's he's kind of going a little further, and again he's taking things into his own hands, and and he's moving from God's agenda to his own personal agenda. In verse fifteen, when Jehu left there, he met Jehonadab, Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, who was coming to meet him. After they had greeted each other, Jehu said to him, "Are you as loyal to me as I am to you?" Yes, I am, Jehonadab replied. If you are, Jehu said, then give me your hand. So Jehonadab put out his hand, and Jehu helped him into the chariot. Then Jehu said, Now come with me and see how devoted I am to the Lord. So Jehonadab rode along with him. When Jehu arrived in Samaria, he killed everyone who was left there from Ahab's family, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. So there he's back to God's mission of cleaning house. He took a little detour there um, when he took out the friends, but he he did end up cleaning house, which God did project would happen. And um, God God desires Israel to listen and obey and love love God with all their hearts. And and Jehu is and we'll see if he achieves this mission um, when he's riding around with Jehonadab. It's kind of interesting because. Jehonadab is a descendant of Moses, and he is very faithful to God. And he, Jehu wants this very respected man of God to see that he is also a man of God and see what good things he's doing and kind of uses it as a little bit of a, let's ride around together. <laughs> That's how it seems anyways. In verse 18, when Jehu called a meeting of all the people of the city and said to them, Ahab's worship of Baal was nothing compared to the way I will worship him. Therefore, summon all the prophets and worshipers of Baal and call together all his priests. See to it that every one of them come, for I am going to offer a great sacrifice to Baal. Anyone who fails to come will be put to death. But Jehu's cunning plan was to destroy all the worshippers of Baal. Then Jehu ordered, prepare a solemn assembly to worship Baal. So they did. He sent messengers throughout all Israel, summoning those who worshipped Baal. And they all came. Not a single one remained behind. And they filled the temple of Baal from one end to the other. And Jehu instructed the keeper of the wardrobe, Be sure that every worshipper of Baal wears one of these robes. So the robes were given to them. Then Jehu went into the temple of Baal with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab. Jehu said to the worshippers of Baal, Make sure no one who worships the Lord is here, only those who worship Baal. So they were all inside the temple to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed 80 of his men outside the building and had warned them, If you let anyone escape, you will pay for it with your own life. As soon as Jehu had finished sacrificing the burnt offering, he commanded his guards and officers, Go in and kill all of them. Don't let a single one escape. So they killed them with all their swords, and the guards and officers dragged their bodies outside. Then Jehu's men went into the innermost fortress of the temple of Baal, they dragged out the sacred pillar used in the worship of Baal and burned it. They smashed the sacred pillar and wrecked the temple of Baal, converting it to a public toilet, as it remains to this day. 
In this way, Jehu destroyed every trace of Baal worship from Israel. He did not, however, destroy the gold calves at Bethel and Dan, with which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, had caused Israel to sin. Nonetheless, the Lord said to Jehu, You have done well in following my instructions to destroy the family of Ahab. Therefore, your descendants will be kings of Israel down to the fourth generation. But Jehu did not obey the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam had led Israel to commit. So he did not remove the gold statues. And that was part of the initial downfall of Israel and the worshiping of the false gods. Um, God's after our hearts, and he did not obey the law of the Lord with all his heart. And um, God knows our hearts, and God's after our hearts, not just our actions. Then in verse 32, At about that time, the Lord began to cut down the size of Israel's territory. King Hazael conquered several sections of the country, east of the Jordan River, including all of Gilead, Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh. He conquered the area from the town of Aror by the Arnon Gorge to as far north as the Gilead at Bethshan. The rest of the events in Jehu's reign, everything he did and all his achievements are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehu died, he was buried in Samaria. Then his son Jehoahaz became the next king. In all, Jehu reigned over Israel from Samaria for 28 years. So, God starts to reduce the size of Israel and their blessings as they reduce their worship to him. So, he's he's trimming them down a bit um, because they're still rebelling and not turning from their worship of false idols and false gods. And that, that paganism is, is just seeping into their culture. So that is the end of chapter 10. And we will continue on and see what chapter 11 brings tomorrow. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.